Hey everybody, it's Diane. I don't even know my last name, Gibbs. And um, I totally screwed up, but here's what, how good uh, Mario and Mario's wife is. So um, I was like, I've been doing, you know, the, I really, really try to talk to you in your time zone. Like I really try, like my world clock is one of the first things on my phone and I have all the you know, all of them. So I can really tell you where you are and what the times I really try, like I really try to know. Anyway, Hawaii, I didn't know y'all didn't spring forward. Oh, I should have asked. What? Fall. <clears throat> we don't spring or fall. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so I told uh, Mario, I was like, okay, it'll be nine, you know, 925 if you can pop on. And he's like, dang, that's an hour from now. And I'm like, what? It's now. Anyway. Hmm. So and just so you guys know, um, if you put panelists and attendees, then everybody will be able to see everything. Otherwise, just me and Mario can see your comments. But we do have some questions from the audience. And today is a little different. We, I wanted to bring people on if they wanted to come on. And I know not everybody always wants to come on. So one, Mario Quesada is here. He's somebody who coaches me. He's one of my best friends. And I just appreciate that he's willing to do this. But also he has a camp and I want to tell you about it. It's a mindset conference. Mindset, we call it a camp. Um, but that's what he started off my camp and he will start off this, my camp again this year. And he talks about mindset. That's the thing he helps me with. And that's one thing that I will always have as a part of camp is mindset. And Mario's a brand strategist. He's been in design for almost as long as me, maybe one year different. Cause we're, I'm a little bit older. And are you, I thought you were younger than me. No, uh -uh. I'll be 48 in April. See, yes, a year. a year, a year, a year, yeah. But anyway, you've you've had people that, you know, whatever. You've had really big clients. You've done all kinds of really cool things. And anyway, I think you have great insight, and you help smaller brands reach up, and that's what you help me do. So. We're going to talk about some mindset. We did have four people send some questions. And so I wanted to get yeah. those. And Barry said he was going to come. And hey, Allie's here from um, the Philippines. So great awesome. to have you. So it's in the middle of the night. Of course, I'm not even going to try to tell you what time it is because I've already <laughs> messed up on time zones today. But I always look for Manila in the. So for Allie, it's 2.36 a.m., buddy. Thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Okay. So Mario, you want to just give them a quick background and why mindset's so important to you and so important that you decided to make a conference about it? I believe that at the core of our issues, at the core of our struggles, at the core of the things that are holding us back is really our mind. And um, mindset is one of those things that needs to be addressed. And as long as I've been a coach or a teacher or uh, a branding professional, I've realized that the more questions I ask, the more everything leads back to um, an issue of mindset, whether it's a brand, whether it's a company, whether it's a person, um, the sticking point really seems to be ourselves. And it's, and it's really us that are holding ourselves back. So I just started to, to, 
dig deeper and, and what that meant. And a lot of my content is mindset focused. Um, the way I deal with my, my clients is very mindset um, engineered to help them with their branding issues. But I noticed that every camp, every conference, every, everything for creatives uh, always has uh, a piece of a mindset component. There's, you know, there's either a track or there's um, uh, a speaker that speaks about mindset and they tell you, you know, 10 ways to get over your, your issues or whatever it is. Um, but I realized that there was never, ever a conference that was just mindset that we could learn from a multitude of people on how they deal with their mindset issues. So I created this camp or this conference. Um, we call it camp because Diane and I have been talking about camp and conferences and all this time. So uh, to really help us understand uh, the challenges that these really elite entrepreneurs go through um, and the, the focus is really holistically. Um, I've realized that we have mindset issues in every facet of our life. It's emotional, spiritual, mental, physical. And all of our speakers are going to be talking about each one of those areas. Um, and it's really kind of really cool. Uh, it's really awesome when, when there's, a, there's a speaker that actually speaks about one thing, but really it encompasses so many other pieces of our mindset. Um, so that's, that's why we're doing it. And it's really, it's really fun. It's really exciting. I've, I've talked to four, we've recorded four, four talks so far and um, people like Chris Doe and James Martin and um, Good Day Frank are probably the people that your, your, your audience knows best. Um, there's another fitness professional that I brought on um, actually a few fitness professionals that I brought on to talk about the physical aspect, uh, things that we feel like we can't physically do or we can't physically get through, um, or even just images of our own physical self, um, self-image, things like that. They're going to they're gonna be speaking to that. Um, and it's, it's just pretty much um, the most amazing conference that I've already ever been to. So hopefully people will, will jump on and, and really want to experience it madexmaker.com slash mindset hyphen reboot hyphen conference in there. Hey, yes. Jimmy's here too. Okay. Hey, so I'm, um, and he's in Greece now in Athens, I guess. I, oh, you're, you're like with my mom in Athens, back home. Yeah, but not, yeah, back home for a little bit. Anyway. So we've got, um, a few people who are going to ask a question. And if you guys have something and Joey's here, so I have a question Joey wrote, she's also in Hawaii. So she knew the time was wrong. Oh, I just didn't. I'm so sorry again about the time. Okay, so I'm going to start with uh, uh, Chris's question, and then we'll. Uh, I had told Barry he would be first, but so I'm kind of waiting for Barry to come in. But if not, we'll just keep scrolling through. Okay, so Chris asked a question, and this is a kind of big one. I find my it's so similar to to me and you, uh, but I find myself fearful of, or at least me. I find myself fearful of promoting my services and programs, even with people who have either expressed interest or people I know based on previous conversations, people that he knows based on previous conversations that will probably benefit from these services or products or programs. 
His question is, I'm getting better at moving through fear, but I would like to lessen the amount of time to go from fear to action, as well as to minimize the additional feelings that pop up, self-doubt, perfectionism, comparison. What role can mindset and self-talk play in this scenario? Well, that's, <laughs> that's a lot, but um, let's, let's kind of take it piece by piece. Chris, um, I, I guess I would ask why you find yourself fearful in the first place. What is it exactly that you're, you might be afraid of um, and start there? Usually it's a fear of rejection, right? Or sometimes it's a fear of failure or fear of success as well, I've, I've found. Um, and as far as working from um, fear to action, um, there's something called exposure therapy that I've been reading about the last many years. Um, and it's like when you learn to ride a bike, when you jumped on a bike the first time, two wheels, you fell and you, you didn't know how to do it. Um, but every time you got back on, every time somebody showed you how to do something, you got a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. And you probably, hopefully you can ride a two wheel bike, like, like riding a bike. Right. Um, and that's why, that's why that term is, is like that. Cause once you re remember that, once you, once you go through those motions and, and fail and fail and fail and fail, and fail you learn competency, you learn confidence through that competency. Um, and then you find it easier to act competently. Um, it's the same thing in, in, in business and in life. If we think there's something that we're afraid of, um, in this case, promoting your own services, um, and, and maybe, it's a, maybe it's a fear of you know, being, um, I, I know Diane and I talk a lot about um, not wanting to be, uh, we talk about being terrible at being self-promoting because we feel like we don't like people to, we don't, we don't want to think, we don't want people to think they, oh, you know, they think they have everything all figured out and, oh, they think they're the greatest. And it's not really about that. It's, it's, it's about sharing what I know so that others who don't know or need to know what I know can learn that. And it's not about, it's not about putting the spotlight on, on yourself necessarily, but it's, shining a light on, on what you know and what you can offer. Um, if people don't know what you can offer them, then how will they know that you can help them? And so the things that, it, it's almost, a, it's a reverse selfish thing. If I'm holding back something that I know that can help somebody, like all your clients, your potential clients that, that, can, that can really take advantage of all those services and, and great things that you offer them, then you're actually being a bit selfish in a way you're holding back wonderful things that can help people that you can do that you're highly competent in that you're an expert in your 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 um your professional at and you're you're not helping people simply because you don't you're, you're worried about how they're going to view how you share that um so looking at it in, in a in a way that you're just helping people um, and you're helping people in the only way that that you know how which is your professional services um, I would find that people would be really grateful to know that um, your closest your closest peers your closest friends um, you know I have no I have no now I have no um, problem 
sharing all the things that I do with the people that, that know me, because um, what if they need something that I can help them with? I would love to help all my friends and my family. Doing it a little bit at a time though, that going back to exposure therapy will help. So what's the small step that you can take towards sharing what you do, um, promoting what you do? Maybe it's, maybe it's you know, through your Instagram and, and creating content, not to say, hey, I do all this stuff, but maybe to share how you solved a problem because that is actually promoting a very, very specific way that you have helped somebody and people will connect with that. Um, content is wonderful that way. We, we get to shed light on, on what we know by sharing, by sharing ideas, by sharing design, by sharing things that, that we, can, we can help people through and that we've helped people through in the past. Um, and people really connect with that, with that stuff. And then, and then at that point, it's not really promoting yourself. It's really sharing how you can help people. Hopefully that helps. I'm not, I'm not sure if that helps, Chris. Yeah, that was good. I think, so there are two, two things came in the chat. Well, three things Naomi said, which I, I love, I love this. Um, Naomi said is it's, is what you offer valuable to someone then they're missing out if you're not telling them about it. So some of that, so telling them might be easier than asking them to pay for it because that's another part of this equation. And then Dee said, I used to struggle with this and then started taking baby steps and just started sharing little by little. Now it's easier and more normal feeling. And I also think like a plumber's not going to come to my house and say, yeah, I could fix that. And then he's, you know, he's going to expect payment. And I think most other people, I don't know why we are like that, that we're like, oh, I don't want to have to charge them, right? But Pam brought up this great point. She said, sometimes if I share what I know, I fear that I might be called out or wrong or judged if I'm wrong about in what I know. So that can be heavy. In that instance, it's really about how you share what you share. The way I've, I've overcome that exact thing, Pam, is I didn't want people to, to look at me and say, say, oh, you know, who does he think he is? I came at it from a different way. I was like, hey, look, um, I learned that I can do this thing like this. This is how I do it. How do you do it? And in, in inviting a conversation that way. Um, it's much more powerful and uh, freeing to share what you know and how you do something rather than this is how it is done and you're being very blanket about it. Um, that's not really the way to share anything actually, because there's no real one way to do anything. And so that's, that's the way I've gotten over that, Pam. So um, Kara also said, need to look at it like you wouldn't just walk past someone who's drowning. You would help them approach them in this way that you're helping them, not settling to them. And I think that that's mm -hmm. a, a, a big, a big thing. So love that. Okay. So I'm going to bring Barry on. Barry is going to be our first live. I feel like, and Barry has a good voice too. Somebody already said, oh, Mario, your voice is very um, peaceful or something. Um, okay. <laughs> it's funny so I hate the sound of my own voice. Hey, Barry. All right. Tell them who hey, you man. are and where you are. And I know that kind of goes with your question too, but. Sure. Yeah. Hey, I'm Barry Nostein and I am, uh, I'm in Kentucky. I was up until March 5th, I was vice president of sales and marketing for Bluegrass Cellular. And this summer, uh, Mario and Diane, I sat through your uh, through your session on Creatives Ignite, and it was really good. So thank you for that. Awesome. And so I'm I'm uh, honored to be able to ask you a question. So 
finished my job of 28 and a half years, um, March 5th, and I'm at a, 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 a huge point in change in my life. So when I saw that you, you're talking about being held back by fears and uh, taking the next step, that's, that's exactly where I'm at. So as I, I, I was very, what I found is I left my job, I, Verizon bought our company and they let the executives go. So that's what happened to me. I didn't have a choice. And, um, but I knew about it for a while. And um, I was very comfortable at the job. I loved my job. I was really good at my job. And I had spent a lot of time there, obviously. And, 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 and now I've got to change. And I've, I'm at a point where I feel like what I'd really like to do is not step back in the corporate world. I'd like to start a business, be an entrepreneur. And, uh, but what I found is this huge sort of crisis in confidence, which I did not expect. It just sort of hit me like a ton of bricks once I left. And also, um, you know, a sudden swell of fear when you talk about becoming an entrepreneur and going out and, and kind of stepping out on your own when before I had what I, which was a real, um, when you work for a corporation, you have, you can fall back on the corporation. And now I don't have that. So what would you say to somebody in that position? And what's the best way to approach it? Okay. Um, That's a big step. Um, and, uh, I applaud you for, for sticking it out for 28 years in, in one place. That's, it's, it's for, for, I think around our generation and, and definitely after our generation, it's like not, it's very unheard of to be in a place for so long. Um, and, uh, so Barry, I would, I guess I would ask you first, what is it that is the most unnerving that you don't have somebody, something to fall back on? I, I think that's it. And I, I, I think there's, you know, the uncertainty of not, of, of maybe not a, uh, not a, uh, a safety net, but, mm-hmm. but also I think it's, it's um, really pushing out. So I, I thought I would have told you a year ago that we had an entrepreneurial spirit at, at, at the company that I worked at and that my group and my team, that I, I was over marketing and sales, that that's how we end product development. And that's how we approach things. But um, since that period of time, I guess it's the entrepreneur part of it as well. So it's really starting from scratch, starting over, you know, being in that uncomfortable point where you're back to, back, you know, I'm 57, I'm back to where I started. And that's not a place I want to be and never guessed I would be at this point. So I think, I think it's those things. Before I, before I kind of start breaking this down a little bit more, what, what is it that you would be interested in? starting i have to be sort of vague because i'm i've 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 started work but but there's there's some big things so i and i've got an online site that i'd like to start and and, uh i have i have i think some products that aren't being offered anywhere else that would be interesting that i believe could help you know sort of bear the revenue and then would allow me to to sell um sell a, a a curated group of products that are aligned with my interests. So I like nostalgia. I like retro stuff. I like uh, comic books and He's a great pop culture and music. No. Barry, Barry, you're a great illustrator. And, I like, and I've started drawing again. Yeah. So it's awesome. Well, so <laughs> thanks, Diane. <laughs> he had um, his own comic strip when he was 12 in a, his local paper. So it's not like 
Like when he's like, I'm not an artist. I'm like, buddy, you were artists before all, any of us were artists. You know, like at 12, you were making, I don't know if you're making money, but you were, people were seeing your stuff. I mean, you had to be pretty clever. One, clever in what you were writing, but also, I mean, they don't let anybody. It wasn't like your dad ran the paper, right? This is true. See? That's right. So, yep. so Barry, um, the first thing I would do is uh, you're really kind of dig down and figure out like really what it is it what is it that you're you're fearful of is it fearful that you're never going to have a paycheck again is it the yes <laughs> <laughs> is it you know that that's that and that's a that's a very relevant relevant fear um but with your credentials could you not pick up a job at some marketing place in some place um, to just bring, to just make the ends meet, right? So there's, you, you, have, a, you have a legacy of, of your education, your, your career has not dumped you in a place where you're starting from zero again, because it's not. You're not the same person you were 28 years ago. You know three decades more of information. You have three de decades more of education, people skills, marketing skills that not anyone out there has. So there's the one thing, what can you do right now to subside that fear? I know you want to be an entrepreneur, but is there some, is there something you can step into just to bring in some income? So that's one. Remember what you know, remember who you are and look to leverage everything that you know. The next thing is, if you really want to be an entrepreneur, then start right now. Don't don't let anything stop you. You can start small. You you say you you have a website. You have a you have uh, products that you might be wanting wanting to sell. Um, nostalgic um, nostalgic pieces. Um, I would if if they are. I don't know what they are. But if they're digital products, then you can connect with people like you know. Retro, retro. Uh, what's it? What's What's his? What's his company? Retro. Logo he supply? knows him, Dustin Lee. Retro Dustin supply. Lee, retro supply company. You can you can hook up with design cuts. You can you know if if they're digital if they're digital products. If they're not digital products, you can still you can still use all of your marketing know how to start putting things out there um, to build awareness of what you want to sell. Um, I know you know how to do what you do, right? It's you've you've had 28 years of of doing it. You weren't fired because of incompetence. You were fired because of a corporate takeover. So you have a lifetime of of these skills. Let, go fall back on what you know and really look to leverage that for somebody else. In the meantime, look to leverage everything that you know for yourself. What are some ways that you can start doing that? You can start an Instagram account, you can start a Facebook group, you can start, so you can actually start building your audience right now. The more you get people to look at your stuff, the more confidence is going to start building in, in what you can do. Um, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurism, entrepreneurialism, I don't know. Being an entrepreneur is not easy, right? <laughs> um, and 
even in the corporate world when people say oh we have an entrepreneurial spirit yeah that's great but you know you still have this this big this big wall to fall back on um it's it's very different when you're out on your own but i find that when you when we're out on our own that's when we actually really find out what we're made of right and the fact that you're asking for for mindset help i think is is key to knowing that you know how to ask for help you know where help needs to you know where you need to um, work on for yourself and you're going to find what you need to succeed. So there's a little bit of self-belief. There's a little bit of leaning back, turning back on what you know, remember what you know, and then reframe, reframe the position, re reframe your situation. It's not, it's not that you're some kid trying to do some thing out of his garage. You're, you're this you're the seasoned professional that, that knows a world of marketing experience. You've worked for a company, you worked for a company that got taken over by, by Verizon. You must have been doing something right rather than them just wanting your towers or whatever, right? They obviously right. wanted you because of the great work that the company was doing. And you were a huge pivotal part of that because you were at the top, you were making, you were making things happen. So, the hardest thing for us to do, I think, is to share what we know. And we were just talking to Chris about that, right? To share what we know. But I think if you start that dialogue and sharing what you know, you're going to start being able to have that confidence in moving forward with what you want to do. And just because I know Barry and I know you, there are things that Mario has told me just about my faith and that um, because y'all both love Jesus. So there are there are things where when we're when I have been scared, Mario said to me, um, do you feel called to do this? And, you know, what is what is made it clear? And then he said, well, Diane, it's not about if you're successful. It's about that you are you're just being obedient by doing what you feel like God was calling you to do. And I think, Barry, you've answered that because you've had opportunities. He also was a pastor early on, um, like you, Mario. So he has to be friends. Um <laughs> But like there are there are things where it's you you know that that's an easy road or a, a one job A you could have and it would be an easier road, but you don't feel called to do that thing. And I think that that's where you have to lean in and just say, OK, well, I'm going to do this, even though it's super scary. Um, I think that there's a good overlap method, like what Mario was talking about, having that other job just to. Um, if you need something just to give a little bit of confidence in that. But I think um, anyway, I don't know if you want to say anything. Else. There's a, there's a parable and you probably heard it Barry. but there's, there's these two, you know, there's, there's these two uh, farmers, right. And they're praying for rain. Right. And both farmers are praying for rain. They're on their knees, but one farmer is letting his fields go to, disrepair right he's praying for rain and he's relying and, he, and he's and he's wanting the rain to come but he's kind of almost in his day-to-day -day faithless with the with the allowing his fields to to just fall into ruin the other farmer is praying for rain but is preparing his fields daily to make sure that they're ready for the rain so one's praying with, with, with hopeful expectation and the other one's praying almost out of hopelessness. So 
in there, there's a mindset, there's a mindset focus, right? The, we obviously want to be the farmer that's ready for the rain that he's praying for. You're praying for rain right now, right? What can you do to prepare your fields, your, the, the, the land, your life for that rain to come in? Um, and I think that's, that's partly discipline. That's partly um, defining your purpose in this next phase of your life. I think it's awesome. You're still a young man. You, you can have a full, another full career ahead of you. And that's really exciting. Um, I have a, a, a friend and she, she did some research and, and she found out that most successful entrepreneurs don't start until they're in their fifties. So you're, you're prime. <laughs> you're prime. And it's the reason is this, the success comes because of all the vast knowledge they bring to the table. Right. So prepare your fields, Barry. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks. Thanks, Mario. Thanks, Diane. You're welcome. I'm going to do another question that was not from, or so that you have a little one in between. Okay. Martin asked, <laughs> how do you get, oh, this is a really, I love this one. It's quick too, Just, maybe. How do you get business owners to let go of old strategies that no longer work? That is hard, actually. <laughs> um, that is a very hard thing. Uh, it, it's hard in practice, right? So, um, how do we how do we convince anyone that that what they're doing is wrong, right? It's it's you can back it up with data, you can show them that the market market no longer um, supports their method, you can. But really, with business owners, you have to show them the bottom line, and if you show them that the way they're operating is either less efficient or not efficient at all in bringing in the money that they need, then they will be very, very, very apt to listen to what you have to say. And if you, and if what you propose can be done at, in the same, at the same time as their old strategies. So not saying that, Hey, you know what, let me try this thing. Let me try this new thing. You keep doing your thing. <clears throat> I'm not saying to stop that, but I, but I have shown you that it's not really efficient. It's not really working, but I don't, you know, we don't want to just switch on and switch off a totally different thing. You keep doing that thing and allow me to try some new strategies that are smaller. Going back to that exposure therapy idea, right? Let me try some small wins. Let me try to get some small wins with these other strategies. And if, and if we find out that they are working better than your old strategy, then we can slowly move away and, and start investing more into what is working. Um, but undoing somebody's mind from, from what they think is really good um, is a hard thing. But when business owners see data and they understand that um, they may not be making the, the type of money that, that they could be making, or um, they're not making any money at all where they could be making some, they will be more apt to listen. I've, I've found this time and time again. So, so Doc asks, is this like an A-B comparison thing? Yeah, it kind of is like an A-B kind of test. Um, you tell them to run their, you, you tell them, you know, don't, don't stop your strategy, but let me try a few other things in a small way to see if I can get some small wins with these other ideas. And if my wins overshadow in the, in the small little ways that I'm going to do if that overshadows what the huge push of what you guys are doing, 
then maybe it's time to start switching over to putting our more efforts into this thing that that would probably be more beneficial for the company. Okay, I love it. Okay, now we're going to have D Ingalls on. And she's in Peoria. So my question is kind of complicated. So I'll just put that out there. So I grew up next door to grandparents, great grandparents, and great great grandparents, aunts and uncles. And so we were a very tight, close knit group. And it was an amazing way to grow up. But I will say that as a person who's a creative person, a dawdler, a dreamer, somebody who could just get lost in her own thoughts. It was very well known that designers don't make money, artists don't make money, and that the people that got the most, I would say, recognition or support were people that went into careers that were important, right? Mm -hmm. So as a person who's pushing 55, I still feel that sense of you're not going to make money as a designer. How can I shake that? Let me ask you something, Dee. How long are you a designer right now? Mm-hmm. How long have you been a designer? Um, over 30 years. And have you supported yourself uh, most of the time with that? Or is it just has it just been mostly a hobby? I would say it's been like a, a mountain peak sometimes and then a mountain valley other times so there have been times when uh, I didn't have a second income that I didn't know where I was going to get money to eat unless I went home you can always go home you can always go home. Uh, especially when mom's making dinner um, <laughs> uh, okay so can I ask you if um, do you think that the the family mindset has held you back over the course of your career from really pouring your whole heart and soul into everything that you did? Because there is something in the back of your mind that was saying that this is not gonna work. I think it hasn't totally held me back, but it's made it exhausting because you second check yourself constantly. So one thing I like to do is, um, especially with people that are um, that have had a career. If you look back on your career and you think about what you've done, you think about all the work that you've done, you think about all the people that you've helped, right? And you remind yourself that, um, that your career has done these things. You already know that everything that they thought is a lie because they were coming from, they're coming from uh, a mindset of not truly understanding the creative design field. We, Diane and I know millionaires that are designers, right? We know, we know multimillionaires that are designers and that just started out as designers and all they wanted to do was design and they built companies and they sold companies and and now they have multiple houses and huge studios and and obviously that's a that's a mega success story i myself have had very very high peaks and very low valleys but i know that through it all i have weathered the storm in my creative pursuits 
So the idea that you will never make any money has already been proven to be false. So I guess I would, I would ask you, what is it really that you, that is making you second guess yourself? Is it the idea of the ideology of your family or is there, is there something deeper there? I think for me, um, as a person who makes a living off of seeing people where they are and listening to them wholeheartedly, I think for me, it's exhausting when I have to explain what I do Hmm. as a designer, that I'm not drawing pretty pictures and there's nothing against drawing pretty pictures, but I'm doing something that has a deeper trajectory And when I meet people and I feel like I'm constantly explaining to them what design does, what the component is. And I'm constantly educating people. And I think that tends to trigger that what I was told as a kid that, you know, artists starve, designers starve. Um, It's just fun, right? So I'm in a, let's say I go into a space and there's a lot of people already. I'm reading the room. I'm sizing up every person in the room and saying, okay, that will be somebody I can talk to. That person isn't going to engage. And I immediately know just from body language who I'm going to be able to speak to. And so I do that to save energy because when I go talk to somebody who doesn't understand design, there's so much mental energy that goes into explain, you know, the strategy behind it, why you do user personas, you know, the drill, right? All that good meaty stuff. And, and I'd still to this day find it exhausting to explain that to somebody. And I think that's a trigger for me. So I'm having a hard time shaking that. So maybe we, we change the way you talk about what you do into the other stuff that you just said, instead of talking about the, the what, talk about the why, right? Instead of talking about the how, talk about really the the who, right? Mm -hmm. Who are you helping and why are you helping them? And your conversation go as easy as this, like, hey, D, what do you do? It's like, wow, I I do deep listening. I I listen to, to people and their problems and I help them solve their business problems through visual aids and visual design. That's a totally different thing. Instead of saying, oh, well, I do, I do design and I do this and do that. And I've been in that conversation. I've been, on the, I've been the one saying that, you know. But the more I started realizing that, you know, I'm not just doing that. I'm, I'm actually helping people. That's what I do. And that's what I, that's what I love to do. That's, that's, the, that's why I started diving into mindset so much. Is like, I really love just helping people have clarity in what their business is and who they are. And I can help them understand that more with design. Design is everything. If people don't think they know what design is, then then they're fooling themselves because they're obviously wearing clothes that were designed. They're wearing glasses that were designed. The reason their hair, their hair is the way it is is because some designer said that, that that's the way it should be. <laughs> I don't have hair, but people that have hair, I know, think about those things. Um, <laughs> so does that help change the way the conversation goes? And instead of 
talking about the intricacies of that can come later and they can, when they when say, Oh, wow, how do you do that? It's like, well, I, I really, I really investigate and I study people because that's what you do. You study people, you investigate their business and you help them solve their deepest need visually. That's a pretty cool thing. And if somebody doesn't think that's cool, then you don't need to talk to them anyway. Amen. <laughs> does that, does that help at all? Yeah, it always helps talking to people who have been there. Yeah, it's it's you know what it it's, feels like. it's a it's a it's a weird thing to to try to under, help people understand design. But I figured out that that the more I I take the I take the big word design out of the thing out of the conversation and to talk about talk to them about something they really know about, like being a person, being a human. Um, I can I can help them understand what I do. And there's a, then there's the, the really fun like way to, to present what you do. It's like, you know, you present the problem, you present the solution and you say, you say, you know, D how some people find it really difficult to like, to really connect their business to, to the audience. Well, I solve that by X, Y, Z. And that's a really cool little, little framework that you can use to to explain what you do to people. Um, but I would just push into the people per, people part because what you said was really beautiful. It's like, I really listen to people and I help them understand what they need for their business. And I help them solve that visually. That's really cool. People tell her that she's read their minds at the end of a project. It's like <laughs> you read my mind. And I think that's that, a great testimonial. Start with that. I'm a, I'm a mind reader. Say. <laughs> I read minds for a living and I express it visually. And people will be like, what does that mean? Just start with that. That's, okay, that's a conversation I'm going to try starter. that. I'm going to try that. I'm going to let Diane know. Then the person just turns around and walks away. Yeah, that's fine. It's, that's okay. It is a great conversation starter. It is. Yeah, I'm going to try it. I'm not afraid. Okay. Thank you, D. Thank Thanks, you. D. Okay, now we have one last question, uh, unless somebody has one. Uh, but I want to make sure Joey, she's also in Hawaii. I think she's on the same hey, island as you, but on, oh, she's on a different she's island. She's on the big island, I think. Oh. Right, Joey? I think you're on the big island. I think she is on the big island. I guess I don't know what island you're on. I just <laughs> I'm on Oahu. Oahu? Okay. <laughs> I need to do some geom geometry. Definitely the not geometry busiest island. I'm on the busiest island. She's on the largest landmass island. Okay. You're on the busiest. Okay. Yes. Okay. Joey asked, um, I have progressed at a slow but steady pace. Man, this one like hits home. All of them kind of hit home for me. But I feel constantly inundated with content about taking things to the next level or this and that. And I'm wondering, how can one distinguish between fear, discomfort, and actually being satisfied with where you're at. Isn't that a good one? It's a great one. Um, I've actually had a lot of conversations about this recently. And I know we're always inundated with, you know, take your career to the next level, you know, level up and, you know, be the designer you always want to be. Well, what if you're already the designer you want to be, right? What if you are really excited about where you are in your, in your career? I would really do a check and balance, Joey. I would go back and sit down with a journal in the morning, right when things are really nice and crisp and, and bright. 
and just sit down and, and, and write down all the things that are happening in your career right now that you're satisfied with, that you're, that you're, that you're really excited about. Write everything down. And then look at that list and ask yourself, is anything missing? Is really, is anything missing here? Do I want to grow faster? Do I want to do anything more? Do I want to um, have a bigger company? Is there anything on this list that I'm really excited about and, and, and satisfied with right now that, that I feel is missing from my heart in what I do? And if there is, then, then there's, your, there's your goal. Then you start making that happen. But if there isn't, then I would just challenge you to always keep growing, right? Grow your skill set, grow, grow your knowledge about your career. More knowledge about what we do is always better. Keep on top of the most current things, but grow at your own pace. Don't grow at somebody else's thought pace, right? Don't, don't grow at somebody else's pace that, that, that they're telling you you should grow at. Just, just be your own. I think there's a, there's a self-satisfaction thing of, of being our own entrepreneur, right? There's a self-worth thing. There's a self-satisfaction thing and being our own person. And if we are truly satisfied at where we are, then we shouldn't let anybody put that, that voice of doubt in our head that we should be more because you're already more. And every day, if you're seeking to grow and, and make your clients happier and, and grow your business at the pace that you like to grow it, and you're doing it the way you do it, then there's no reason for you to even give all that other stuff a, a second thought. So I don't know if that helps, Joey, but I hope it does. You said great tips. I don't know how to say that next word. I appreciate your words. Mahalo. Obviously, what does that mean? Thank you? It means thank you. Okay. Yes. Sweet. I learned a new word. I'm sure I won't be able to say it again, but that's okay. Okay. So um, we have like seven more minutes. So I want to make sure you guys know there are just a few days left and Mario would never do this because I, uh, I'm of course now promoting Mario because I believe that I, he's really helped me. He has lots of people that are coming. Do you want to tell him just a little bit more about the conference and even if you're listening to this later, you can still get your ticket. It starts May 24th through May 28th. There's over 16 speakers. There's going to be two amazing workshops from um, one from Lisa Galea and one from Eric Coram, who's a Eric Coram is a doctor in um, human performance. And he's going to talk about, um, uh, I think he's going to talk about building habits and, and the science behind building habits. And Lisa Galea is going to talk about the psychology of, of, choices and it's going to be really interesting so you're going to get a deep dive on like the brain and understanding why we do what we do in those workshops so um, these people charge hundreds of dollars for for a workshop individually um, and they're and we're having two in the same week and it's going to be pretty awesome um, we have people like chris doe we have people if you're in the fitness space um, i know tony's here um, like miranda alcraz who has a huge uh, online fitness community of 40,000 people called Street Parking. We have uh, Anders Varner, who's another fitness entrepreneur who heads up uh, a small little <laughs> 50,000 uh, community called Barbell Shrugged. Um, these people are, are, are pioneers in the fitness industry, but they're going to talk about 
mental breakthroughs and they're going to talk about um, our ethical responsibility for for being physically active and um, so we have people like um, but wait it's not just about the people it is about the people it is a lot about the learning but it's a little bit different tell them how the conference is going to be different so if they came to camp you might like this too right right because this is where it's different so daily after after the after the the videos air, all the all the speakers are gonna be done with their talks. We're gonna have a live Q and A every day for an hour. And you're gonna interact with me and, and some of the other people. Um, hopefully, Diane will be there at some point, um, and we're just gonna be there to ask answer your your mindset questions. Quite very much like this, um, but we'll be more focused on on the day's videos and, and what those things brought for the day. I just signed up somebody else that that you're gonna actually get some really amazing like illustrated notes for each talk, which is gonna be awesome. Uh, uh, Anthony Banks has like agreed to like sponsor the conference with with his talent. So each each speaker is going to have their own like illustrated note that you, you're going to have and be able to download. Um, but you're also going to be able to have a community with one another through Slack and be able to um, talk about what's going on, what what your challenges are, um, and hopefully get those uh, sorted out. And then we're going to do uh, a follow up call about a week later. Um, for anybody who wants to join, it's just going to be a live Zoom, and I'm going to invite everybody back for um, for kind of like a, an accountability check and seeing what have you learned, what have you implemented, and what are you waiting to implement. And so we're just going to have a live uh, Q and A uh, a week after the conference to check in with everybody, and it's going to be really fun. Uh, you're going to get all some you know some cool digital swag too, but it's really about the community. It's really about um, helping yourself get through your own mindset hurdles, like fear, like the, a lot of the stuff that we talked about today, um, and really get a peek into the, the minds of all these amazing entrepreneurs and how they handle mindset. So it's madexmaker.com slash mindset hyphen reboot hyphen conference. And um, Martin came, it's good to see you, buddy, or see your little purple square with an M in it. And we answered your question already. So I'm thank you guys. And Mario, I just can't apologize enough that Thank you for being a whole hour early. It's not another problem. I, I, I should have totally, Joey knows that we should probably always triple check when, especially at this time when people like just change their clocks. It's like all my meetings get all like wacky. So it's not a problem. Kids are still safe and alive and it's all good. Just in the closet. No, I'm just kidding. In the His closet, wife's tied up, them. but that's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Joey says she just follows the email notification. That is how we did it today, Joey. He got an email from me because he's on the list. And he's like, I thought you said it was at 9, 9.30, not at 8.30. And I'm like, it is at 9.30. No, it's not. We don't change our clocks. Anyway, I appreciate it. Allie, it is super late for you. I hope you get some sleep and or you're up now. I can't remember. I know you live on. Go to sleep, Allie. You still have some time to sleep. Mario, thank you. And just so you guys know, Mario will be starting off camp again. I thought he did a just an amazing job last year. And um, but he was a huge part of just me making it to camp um, <laughs> because there were so many things. And there are things still like I'm I struggle so much even this week. Just it doesn't even matter if you've done it. Like I feel like Barry's like, oh, I've done this. I've done this, you know, like but then it feels like you're just starting over. And so it can just be, oh, right. It can just be really overwhelming and because you're like, me, you. let me say this, like you're 
so all the stuff that Diane went through last year, even just putting the camp on, and I helped her helped her get through that beginning portion just to get to camp. I'm going through everything else, everything that she did, and she's turning all the tables on me and saying, remember what you said, remember what you said. And I want you guys to understand this, like what you feel is very real. It may not be the truth, but what you feel is very real to you. So don't, don't forget to acknowledge that. Your, your feelings are real, your feelings of fear, your feelings of abandonment, your feelings of, of, of being misunderstood, that's real to you. So don't, don't disregard it, but how can we grow through it? And that's really, that's really what mindset is. It's like, how can we grow through what we think we know, reframe it and understand what is actually happening so that we can grow through it and, and make more breakthrough. I think that's why for me, and John says that it takes community, right? Tony said um, that it was incredible and moving. Thank you. Thank you, Tony, for being here. And I, I just, I think if I didn't have uh, Mario in my life and other people in my life that were, as I was like, should I do this? I don't know. And it was like, I, I think I really believe in community and I, y'all know that cause you're here. Um, and, so I just think we need each other. You can't be in that a vacuum and really make a lot of progress because you will kill your ideas so much just in yourself. And, um, you know, uh, D, you can always get your mom to watch. Your mom and my mom could watch together. Then then they wouldn't, my, uh, my mom uh, wouldn't, uh, she'd have somebody to talk about things that she doesn't really know about. But I do appreciate that she's here every week. As she clicks out, and no, I'm just kidding, she didn't click out. So I, uh, that anyway. Um, so just so, um, <laughs> oh, Naomi said, you believe in community? I never got that vibe from you. Oh, silly. I know you did. Um, I think that's too funny. It's good to be able to be sarcastic in a, in a chat. But I wanted to tell you guys, so I'm taking two weeks off in April so that I can be focused on camp, something I really need to do. But Chloe Wangu is coming next week. And Chloe has so impressed me. I met her about maybe at the end of camp last year, and um, which is like in August. And it was, she was just bring some really new, fresh ideas and how she, she came into design. She's more in a, a strategist and she, anyway, I can't wait. So she will be next week. I hope you guys tune in and then we will take two weeks off and then I'll be back for my birthday. Uh, Amy, Amy said, I'll uh, have my birthday off, but I'll, I'll, I'll come back for that. And then we'll be ramping up for camp. So hopefully I'll do everything that Mario tells me to do so that it can be <laughs> even better this year, but it's been really good to be on the other side. I'm like, Ooh, I need to make sure I do this and make sure I do this. We're like sharing emails of who we're doing thing, what we're sending people. And so it's again, really good to have somebody who can um, be honest with you and real with you and also just be right there in it so that you can encourage, because just like we were telling Chris and or really Mario was telling Chris in the beginning, you're ahead of somebody else and you don't want to be selfish and not tell them how to do whatever you're doing. You're, you're turning around and lifting them back up because they're, you're going to fall too. Okay. Thank you, Mario. And thank you for thank being you. a whole hour early and we'll see you guys next week. I'm going to hit. Bye stop. guys. <laughs>